Hey, this is Jordan Sutton, pastor at Clearpath Church. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. We appreciate you listening. A little about our community. We love to come together. We love to come to the Lord's table together. Uh, We're a community trying to be led by the Spirit, just walking through Scripture together, walking through life together. If this message is an encouragement to you, bring some hope to your life at the end of the sermon. There'll be a little bit of information about how you can get in touch with us. Stay tuned, and thanks for joining. So Lord, we pray as we pray every week that the Apostle Paul prayed that the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation might be present, that we might know um, who you are, the hope to which you call us, all that you have available um, for, uh, for those that love you. I pray uh, that we would hear what you have to say. We would receive what you have for us, Lord. That we believe that in faith, Lord. Bless you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Are you doing all right this morning? I have a presentation for you this morning. I love having a presentation. Oh, we're not going to start yet. (laughs) Slow it down. (laughs) Um, But I want to give some instruction before before we do that. uh, Kate, every once in a while, I feel like I should mention this. Um, I grew up in a church that, as I've shared many times, um, Assembly of God Church, uh, you know, kind of Pentecostal charismatic church. And I've gotten to know a lot of pastors of a lot of different denominations and styles of churches as I've, as I've grown up. And there's different sort of, uh, there's different sort of truths and treasures that you find with different people's experience, um, especially when the sincerity and the pursuit of the Lord of all these different streams. And one of the things that was normal in the church I grew up in was much like we do at the end of worship um, there would be this sort of what you know what we called a hundred years ago that we call that tarrying um, or lingering or waiting to kind of have a sensitivity to maybe God what what might be God doing in this moment that's not in the plan and I share this because it's sort of unconscious like built into the rhythm for those of us that grew up that way. But um, it's not required. There's no, there's no, you know, Paul doesn't write, make sure after song four that you have a pause time to check and see what I'm doing. So it's, it's not a, it's not a uh, thing that you have to do to do it right. You with me? But what it is for me is a moment to pause and just to wait on the Lord's leading, just to wait on what he might be saying. And one of the things I've realized in talking with pastors of different, different uh, backgrounds is the, is the liturgy or the way that they order the service kind of has within it a picture of what life and God looks like. And so, for example, we teach from the scripture, 
we teach truth about who God is from the scripture because it's the right thing to do. And we also want that to be so in your lives individually. Amen? We pray. We demonstrate prayer. We, we bring the sacraments to the table because the sacraments... All right. I might, I might switch. Is it me? Is it me? All right. We'll try it. Keep going. We give the sacraments because there is a there is a uh, physical representation of who God is. But when we when we wait on the Lord, it, it teaches us that in life we must we must wait on God. And I for some reason I was reading um, the story of King Asa, who was the king of Judah and a good a good king who tore down most of the idols and and he left some of the high places, but but the scripture says that his heart was really after God. And he really depended upon the Lord. And there came this point where he got into a conflict. The king of uh, kingdoms of Israel were split into Israel and Judah. And and for the most part of the time, it, it, Israel had more often that they were righteous than, than Israel, the other part of the kingdom. And so they came into a conflict, and King Asa moved to go uh, conquer this part of, of Israel that they were that they were building up called Ramah, and they took a lot of plunder, and they didn't he didn't do it at the encouragement or the wisdom of God, and the Lord had this rebuke for a prophet. He said, "You you depended." not on me, but on the strength of another nation. And in, gosh, is this in 1 Chronicles 16.9? Uh, it, it says that the Lord is searching for hearts that are wholly his, that he can strengthen. And there's something about a life that we live where we choose to wait on God's provision, his direction, and his counsel, that he puts us in the position not to be strengthened by men, but to be strengthened by God. And so I just want to encourage you, we do this as a community, as a sign of our submission to waiting on the strengthening of the Lord, but so many times I have felt aimless, lost, or without wisdom. And if I will simply wait on the Lord, and I will continue to pursue him and to seek him, then he's looking for those kinds of hearts who he can strengthen. And his strength is better than any other strength that you can contrive. Amen? And so I just want to just share that really briefly. Um, and, and we're going to talk through this presentation the last couple weeks. Oh, one more thing, and then, then I will share. Uh, this, this last week, I, I preached a message, and we just, I just called it Ask for Things. And we are in a time as a community of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord, and I felt really strongly as we came into this time. I felt this last year, too, but I felt really strongly that God wants to release 
and strengthen us in the area of faith. Um, I, I, it's wonderful when God shapes our character into something that looks like the image of, of Christ and our disposition and our peace and our, and our generosity. But I believe not just in the area of our disposition, God wants to release great belief and faith that he is who he says he is and that he wants to work in our lives and through us. And I, I, we, I preach this message because I believe that God is calling us as a community to not, yes, to know him, but to ask him for what he wants to provide. And there is something throughout scripture where intercessors get locked into what it is that God wants to do, and they partner with it in prayer, and in their partnership, it becomes a birthing for what God is doing in the earth. And so if I were to say anything in this season, is that I believe that God is saying, ask me for things. I believe that God is saying, ask me for things. And if you pray and you seek the Lord long enough, you probably will stop focusing on asking for the Ferrari every day, and the Lord will draw you into more pure desires. But I encourage people, like, don't lie to God. Start with where you are and let him shape your desire. And come to God, and, and I believe that, I believe our whole community, we're supposed to ask him for things. So say ask him for things. So please go listen to this last week. Um, I, I feel like God is... is uh, He's, he's wanting to do that in prayer. Okay, so I, I prepared a little thoughts. I prepared a few thoughts the last couple weeks and thought I was going to share a presentation. And all the times I just shared the thoughts and not the presentation. So this time I didn't prepare any thoughts so I could actually share a presentation. <laughs> and so we're going we're gonna to jump in. And this is just to give us a little bit of kind of vision for the year. Very nice picture of the building. I'll cover this a little bit at the end, but just to give you an update, um, we have we have a brand new roof on our new building. Uh, we have made started painting inside. We um, we expected that this would happen a little further in the process, but we actually have full uh, permitting and approval with the city completed and finalized. Which uh, I've talked to a number of other pastors. Is the greatest miracle of all uh, to have that in short order. We're very grateful to have that. So um, if you can go to the next slide. Right now, we're, we're in a season of, of fasting and prayer. And I want to tell you how holy I am for a second. That's a joke in case you didn't realize. Wasn't a good one. Um, I was finishing a portion of our, our uh, my fast in our time this week. And on the last day, this last year, I, I drove down to my grandparents' land and had a couple days to seek the Lord and pray and journal and worship. It was like heaven on earth. I was remembering all these memories and seeking, reading scripture, praying, just, you know, the Lord doing wonderful things. On the last day of of this portion of our fast this week, it, it, is, it is as if every potential agitating nuisance on the planet came my way that I must deal with that day. <laughs> and, you know, 
you know, driving to the city multiple times a day, like all sorts of bills and things breaking. And so I ended up praying um, it, at best 20 minutes on this day. And I called Andrea at about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just like, this is just a terrible day. Like, like I want to pray. I want to seek the Lord. And I'm just mad. And, and so I got to the end of the day and I was like, okay, it is what it is. And the next day, I just, I sensed the Lord's presence so strongly. And, and so just sweetly in prayer. And the Lord was reminding me that when we pray, when we fast, it's not a reminder of our spiritual strength. It's a reminder of his great provision. And there isn't like any of my effort or my intention in any of these things that is the, the great, incredible thing. It's that when I fast and pray, I choose to recognize that it's God who brings the strength, not me. Yeah. And so I just, I kept having this phrase run through my mind. I fast and pray, not because I'm spiritually strong, but because I'm weak. And so it's kind of in that spirit that we're inviting you. We will be still in this season of fasting and prayer for the next couple of weeks. If you did miss the first couple of weeks, guess what? that you could show up to a party late and still have fun. And we're inviting you to join in. We are praying uh, Monday through Friday at Zoom. How many of you have been on a Zoom prayer at some point? Raise your hand real high. Like a whole lot of you. How many of you have never been on a Zoom prayer? You Like send, <laughs> like go find Susanna. She has the information for you. It's really powerful. We also are praying in person at three locations. We're praying uh, Wednesdays at noon here. Um, we're praying uh, Thursday mornings at uh, Zane's house at 6.15 for those of you who are getting up bright and early. And then Thursday evenings at, at Daniel and Valerie's house. Daniel and Valerie, where are you? Wave at us. Just if you're thinking where is Daniel and Valerie's house, just think Cracker Barrel. And if you get to Cracker Barrel, Cracker Barrel you might hear Daniel. So um, that, that's my encouragement to you. Um, and one of the things I'm going to be doing with this noon prayer is at the beginning of the year, we as staff, or at the end of the previous year, we start praying. We ask the Lord uh, to help us write a plan. And, and this year we wanted to kind of reorient the way we were doing our plan. And so we basically look for what do we believe that God is calling us to pray into and how can we partner with that? And so we started with prayer. And for me, I have three uh, three different prayers that I felt like the Lord was inviting me into. And the first one was that I want to, as a leader, help our community seek the Lord. Like very simply, I'm believing that God wants our community to seek the Lord wholeheartedly, and I want to partner with that. And so what I'm, what I'm going to do, and I'm still trying to figure it out, is noon, noon prayer is going to be about just um, equipping us in different ways to seek the Lord. Um, and, the, and the other places of prayer are going to be wonderful too. And so I just encourage you, if you haven't 
jumped in, join us at noon prayer. If you go to the next slide, we actually have a, a QR code here that if you want to uh, commit to praying with us or fasting with us in some way, there are options to commit to the different times of prayer. We would like to know that commitment and have you involved. So if you're late to the party, show up late to the party um, and join us. So I have this thing about branding that I really don't like branding. And so anytime I'm trying to create, when we're trying to create something, I just try to name it the most like obvious name possible. So this is called the Calling Writing Project. And uh, because I didn't know how, don't have time to think about some, some fancy name for it. Um, I want to tell you where this comes from. Rather than reading through it, you get a chance to do that. For a number of years now, really probably since the, since the very beginning, one of the kind of hopes, dreams, prayers in my heart was to kind of figure out with the Lord how we as a community um, partner with helping people walk into who God has called them to be. And I like this scripture from Colossians. I've read it many times. It stirs me. It says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in, in Christ. In fact, another text is complete in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. How many say amen to that? And so I just, I took that scripture years ago and I thought, Lord, I want to strenuously contend with all my energy to see every person made complete in Christ. I don't have energy in me to build some, it's not about building some major organization or building, like I want to strenuously contend with all my energy that every person be brought fully mature in Christ. And one of the preeminent ways that God makes his presence known to people in Scripture is, and make, is that he calls them into something. And you could go throughout the entirety of Scripture and see how David comes onto the scene when Samuel is, anoint, is anointing him to be king. And how, how Jeremiah comes onto the scene and God is calling him to carry his words. And Mary is God's calling her to carry the birth of, of, of Jesus. And when, when we interact with the disciples, what does Jesus say to the disciples? Um, you know, leave your nets. Come, I will make you fishers of men. And there's something about when we get a, a, an idea or a, a, a whisper from the Spirit or a sense that God has called us to be something. And part of that being is that we're called to do something. That he has called us into his kingdom for purpose. That when that becomes anchored in our soul, it becomes a thing that tethers us to all of the blessing, the correction, the, the, the forming that happens. Because if we're going to look like Christ, it's not going to be an easy journey. Amen? And so the Lord comes and he... he manifests himself to people and calls them to himself. And as we get called, 
it becomes this thing that, uh, that anchors us and propels us to, to walk fully mature in who, who he's called us to be. And so I, uh, I benefited from this so much in my life that I, I wanted to uh, create a writing opportunity for people to write about who God has called us to be. And we, I just, and there's other ways that you could explain this, but, but the way that uh, the Lord kind of laid it out for me is three, three facets of his calling that I want us to write about, which is first that we are called to be his treasure. How many can say amen to that? We are called to be his. Like that is like he, in, uh, in Deuteronomy 6, 7, he, he talks to Israel that as a people of his own treasure possession, like God is always looking for people that are his above all else. Whatever I do, my parenting, my ministry, everything boils down to the first thing, which is I am his. Everybody say, I am his. Um, the second thing is that we're called into holy community. We're not just called into community. It's different. Like when we, when the church was called out in the book of Acts and Acts 2, it's very clear that the type of community that they got grafted into wasn't just a bunch of friends that were good people. It was a praying community seeking for God to do his will on earth. And so we are called into holy community. And the last thing is that we are called to bear fruit that remains. Like, and everyone bears fruit in the kingdom that looks a little bit different. And over the years, I've realized that the way that people have understood calling, especially in 21st century U.S. of A., is that we've understood calling by finding some sort of grandiose vision or dream or some sort of vocation or some sort of thing that we're going to go out and do, and we're going to do it for God, and it's going to make us look really good. How many of you felt, you've kind of felt that or you've heard the spirit of that? Like, we're going we're gonna to do something big for God, and it's going to be awesome when we do it. I do believe that God wants to do things through us. But I have, I have said this many times that I've seen more people broken by the disappointment of those burdens than any other issue that I've pastored. It's that the single biggest issue I've pastored is disappointment over something they believe that they thought God was to do through them. And so I just kept, like, you know, you see hundreds of people over years and you're like, Lord, there has to be, there has to be like a better way to, because we do need to know that he's called us. We can't just be like, we can't just be rudderless. We can't just be those unmoved, be doing nothing. Like he has actually called us. Um, and so I just, I felt the Lord put it uh, on our, my heart to write a series of questions and prompts that would lead us into a better understanding of who God has called us to be. And the calling is not your vocation. It's not the thing. It's, it's firstly that you're his, that you're called into community, and that you are called to bear fruit that remains. And so 
over the next few weeks, this is set up to be a one to two hour writing thing once a week. I encourage you to set aside time where you can look at the prompts, you can, you can read the scriptures, and that you can write. And the end of this, I want to tell you where this is going, is we have a writing workshop that's going to happen February 17th, and we're going to take all of the collection of all these things, and we are going to form it into prayers for our lives personally. Uh, we're going to have everybody take this sort of like, this writing fodder of who God has called us to be, and we're just going to partner with the Lord in prayer over who he's called us to be. And the, what, what we've done, if you can look, open to like, I want you to see the format of this. If you open to like the first page, every little section will have QR codes. And those QR codes, when you click on them with your phone, there will be a video that will explain, that will pop up, that will explain the section and give you some direction as how you can write. And the very last page, there is instruction on how you turn this into, like we want to get as many people who are willing to put this into a, a Google Documents or like on our Google Drive. And our vision with this is that we would all be able to, it's not going to be required, you can make it completely private if you want, but our vision for this is that we would be able to share with each other the writing that we have done on who we believe we're called to be. So that when you enter into community with people, you get to sit down and read what they have written. Uh, oh, written. <laughs> I don't need to be the writing coach. <laughs> you, you're, you're able to share with others who God is speaking into your life to be so that we cannot hold each other accountable just around sin and those things, but we can hold each other accountable into who we are called to be. And so I, I believe if you will enter into this, that this will be a powerfully transforming thing, especially as we do it in community. And so... I have one bit of encouragement for you about this, is that my encouragement, and we didn't structure this, is that you find somebody that you can do this with. If it's your spouse, it's your spouse, or a friend, like find somebody that you can do this with so that they can read what you wrote. Like we have to be sharp about this. And, and I kind of want to give you this wisdom, is when you write these things down, let me tell you something. You're going to be wrong about multiple things in there. You're, you're, you're going, you're going to, the goal is that you start thinking about and praying about who God's called you to be. The goal is not you nail it and get your like perfect prophet. You hear perfectly from the Lord and you know everything that he's called you to do from now till you're 100. That isn't going to happen. The, the goal is that we start to enter into the process of understanding who is God uniquely shaped us to be. So um, these cost us about $12 to make, and we felt very strongly that we wanted to put one in everybody's hands. If you can afford to help us cover the cost, put $12 in the offering. If you, if you can't afford it, or 
you know, even if it's just like not convenient for you right now with your current budget, we want every person to be able to have it free of cost if it, if it doesn't work for you. And so I didn't want anybody to be able to miss out on kind of doing this as a group. Um, and so everybody walk home with one. The, the, the giving is completely voluntary. Um, you don't have to give. Um, you don't have to walk home either. You can drive home. Um, and um, the last thing I wanted to mention about this, Susanna, wave your hand. Um, we, if you have, uh, if you don't like know, have somebody that you can write with, or you feel like you need better help in coaching and getting through this, Susanna is a life coach, and we've paid for our staff to go through her process, which has been really great for all of for all of them. And um, I just I just felt like the Lord put it in our heart that if you if you actually want coaching on this, I asked Susanna if she could take her process and meld it a little bit to this these three categories. We she you can ask her about the cost of this. Um, I'll I'll just say it it's it's okay. We, she she charges a hundred dollars for her coaching, and the church will put up fifty dollars for three sessions, so one hundred fifty total for anybody who feels that they need extra help in writing this. And I know that's like an abundant thing, but we just, we want everybody to have whatever you feel that you need available to be able to have uh, writing about who God has called you to be. And so I told Susanna, we're, we'll cover that. You, you have to meet us in the middle. Um, we, we don't feel that it would be right to cover the whole thing. Um, but. But if you need if you need any help, you need staff help, you need coaching. Like we put this number right here, you can take take a picture of it. We want everybody to be able to do this. So, how many are excited about sitting down and writing in this? Um, a lot of this will actually draw on memories for things that you've already done. And it, this isn't this isn't ten hours of writing. This is one to two of writing. Each week, and there's there. I would I would say sit down and read the instructions. Watch the opening video. If you look at the first section, there's opening prompts. Um, read the instructions beforehand, and set a time this week to sit down and do your writing, and a specific time, a specific place, and it'll be helpful. Everybody good with that? All right. We have a update. Um, not a major change, but an update. We have, the, a number of years ago, those of you who are on this journey, we had one uh, Sunday many years ago, we transitioned our community for a two and a half year season to meeting in homes on Sunday mornings. We called, we, and we called that house church. And we, um, over time, felt the Lord was leading us back to having um, a official Sunday morning gathering, we kept the term house church for the things that we were doing in community. And um, we've had a number of people reaching out to us, wondering about the house churches that we have, and we realized that there's a little bit of a, like the ling linguistics of that creates confusion about what we're offering. And so we felt like that we needed to shift um, the, what we called it, and so we, we are changing the term that we're using to pastoral communities. 
because what we want to be happening is for people to be pastored in community. And so uh, we will, as we have the last, the last number of years, starting at the week of Lent, we will start weekly gatherings on the weeknights. And in those gatherings from Lent all the way to Easter to Pentecost, we will be going through the scriptures that are in the lectionary that point us to Jesus as we journey with him to his death and resurrection. And for us, uh, people ask every year, why, why do you follow the Lenten calendar? And for us, it is the easy way every year to highlight the main thing of Scripture, which is the testimony of Jesus. And so we, we get to highlight key stories, key things that are said leading up to Holy Week. And we kind of, we draw our kids into that, um, all of our sort of teaching and our, and our stuff that happens in community centers around that. The thing that we are going to add, and we're still playing around with this exactly, but we're leaning towards trying to gather those communities approximately once a month through November, and we would still pause December and January as we do every year. But we, there, we would like a little bit of continuity through the, through the remainder of the year. And so we're still, there might be a month of summer where it's hard to get together. But we're trying, to, we're, we're trying to stick with kind of the core heartbeat of the vision that's already present here with House Church, updating the language. And also, how many of you have enjoyed a shepherding group at some point? There's been a number of you. The, we'll talk more about that later. Shepherding groups are smaller groups um, that run for a period of time. And usually every year, like, a couple of them will stay permanent groups, and we want to give people the chance to break them off if they need to, but to continue. And those are to get into a smaller kind of number of people. Okay. Um, next slide. Okay. A um, little bit of uh, uh, update. Um, I'm going to uh, next week. We will, we told you at the beginning of our planted fund that we would not come ask you for money every week. We weren't going to make this into a church that, you know, there's like a building project with a church attached to it because uh, I've seen that before. And so next week, we're going to kind of do a final sort of like offering ask um, if you've either... Uh, committed or you've been praying or pondering about how you would partner with us financially, we're going to bring that up this next week as a key thing. If you have committed, um, we would, we're not going to track everybody down. It's just not the kind of clear, church clear path is. We just ask you to be faithful with the commitment and, and to partner with us. And so that, we're very excited. It looks like that we will probably be, be in the new building somewhere around June, if I were to guess. And so, uh, don't hold me to that. Um, if there's anything I've seen about, about remodeling and building things, is that deadlines get extended. But right now, you know, May is the estimate, so June is my estimate. Um, and so that's going on. I also want to give uh, a shout. 
on our View Receipt of Ministry. Daniel and Valerie have been doing a wonderful job in hosting that. Give these guys a hand. They're like... I want to give a wave to my Venezuelan family this morning. Hello, guys. Uh, we met these guys at Via Reseda, and they've been such a blessing and become friends and just family to us. And we love you guys. And uh, God's just doing wonderful things down there. Oh, yes. I forgot. Yes, one more slide. Um, mission trip. Uh, we actually have dates for a mission trip this last year was so powerful we saw people coming to know jesus we saw people like get delivered of demonic things like there was some really unique words that god it was a very very powerful time um we were short of air conditioning in buses in mexico in august but other than that it was wonderful we have gone ahead and set dates and a budget for a mission trip, and we believe that this will be not only a time where we will be ministering, but it's a time where we will be ministered to, and we would like to get more people involved this year, because how many of you walked away, like, there's a few of you here, how many of you walked away really stirred up in the Lord? I mean, it was just, it was a powerful time, and so, um, Yes, please let us know if you are interested in mission trip. And at that, I think I have finally given the, the, last, the last thing. Um, I believe that we have, I'm supposed to cover announcements, and then I'm going to go ahead and just take us to the table this morning. Um, and we wanted to take some time to share. Um, who... When, do we have a women's retreat coming up? Can somebody yell out the date for me? February 22nd to 24th. February 22nd to 24th. And is there still, can you still register? If, do what? Till February 1st. You have till February 1st. There is planning. They are going to Beaver's Bend. Broken Bow. Same thing. It's $200, broken bow. Um, it's going to be a powerful time. And I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Well, um, I want to have, and Louie give a formal sermon this morning. I want to have a stand. And I just want to bless you as you take this. Let's just open our hands. I'm going to pray over the, the calling. God, we, um, we pray in agreement with the spirit of the prayer of Paul, that we would strenuously contend with every energy to be an encouragement and a blessing to every person around them, us, that they might come into the fullness of who you have made them to be. Yes. That everything that you have on their life, God, that it would come about because of your spirit and the power of your love. I pray that you would draw people together during this time of fasting and prayer and writing that we might walk in everything you have for us, God. That we might abound in your blessing and your provision. That we might abound in friendship. But more than all those things, that we would abound in your presence, God. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be an anointing 
to come on, that would come on us to hear and to write and to listen. And I want to give you this word the Lord gave me. He said, your pen is your ear. Your pen is your ear. If you will write down what I say to you, you will remember it and you will steward it. And so, Lord, I pray that that would happen for people who are afraid of writing, for people who don't write often. God, I pray that you would use this time to shape us around exactly who you called us to be, God. And that you would stir up in us, not the calling of this world that fixates on vanity and selfishness and self-gain, but there would be a calling of the Spirit of God that would abound in the kind of fruitfulness that John 15 talks about, that the world may know your goodness, God. I pray that these would be glory, radiant, filled people who are abounding in the fruit of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, I pray that anointing would come on this writing. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode from Clearpath Church in Dallas, Texas. If you'd like more info to visit us on a Sunday morning or to subscribe to our newsletter, check us out at www.clearpathdallas.com. Follow us on Instagram at Clearpath Dallas. Thanks for listening.